friends to lovers, to kisses and cuddles, we are doing it God's way. This, this is Stronger, Stronger Together, Closer, Closer to God. Two weeks ago, we talked about in our first episode since coming back, we discussed about the focus on your relationship and marriage on God, mm-hmm. placing him first, placing him in the center and being open to his wisdom. That was the key and important thing that we wanted you to do. And then last week we discussed about the importance of communication. Uh, We must be able to listen carefully. We must be able to speak with honor and respect and why it is critical to control the ears and the tongue so that Mm -hmm. it does not do or say anything that can cause hurt or pain. And so now this week and next week, we're going to talk about something that is very simple and easy to remember, which is the building blocks. Because with talking to other couples, it's amazing how this topic keeps popping up, popping up, popping up a lot. Trust. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. See, um, Stephen Covey, um, he's the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said that trust is the glue of life. It is the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundational principle that holds all relationships. And, you know, you'll hear sometimes people will say these little phrases like trust takes years to build uh, and seconds to break. And forever mm. to repair. But sometimes that's not true. That's good though. It is good, that's but good. it's not always true. Yeah. Just look at children. I work in the classroom. I work in the school setting. I work with after school summer. And my wife does too and everything. And you can have a, a meeting with kids. Well, so-and-so said something bad about me, you know, and it hurt my feelings. You know, and you get them together and try to resolve situations. Or in my case, I work at middle school. So sometimes those verbal words are into, unfortunately, physical altercations and stuff. And then the next thing you know, it's like you would think they'll kind of separate from each other and won't interact with each other no more. And then they're like best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Time wasn't years, you know. But time, it didn't take years to build, but over time, it was like in a matter of weeks (laughs) that build up that trust back again to let them back into their environment and do the things, you know, everyday life. I think... As you get older, it's a little bit different, though. Yeah, I will agree with that. It it is a little bit, you know, it does change as you age, but it also has to evolve around the relationship itself yeah it does it sure does and i'll take another example of this where i i I believe that sometimes trust is not a matter of years to build it might be seconds or seconds to break Mm -hmm. emergency situations Mm -hmm. i told my wife about this story a long time ago i was in a pool public pool swimming and i was jumping in the pool swim but i'm not a really good swimmer at all and I definitely wasn't when I was little. And so I was around eight or nine and we were jumping in a um, public pool and everything. Had lifeguards there and everything. And I jumped in an area where I could not swim. I was in essence drowning. No lifeguard jumped in to jump and save me. But there was a young girl who was around my age who saw me struggling. And she told me, come here, come. I'll got you. I'll drag you. 
I can't take years to build trust right there. <laughs> that was a matter of seconds to build trust. And I had to stop being prideful and listen to her and trust her as she guided me back into an area where I was safe. And mm-hmm. then she swam away. I never met the girl, never knew who the girl was and wow. everything. But if it wasn't for her, by the time the lifeguards probably would have found out that I was struggling, I probably would have been under the water drowning. Mm-hmm. So that took seconds. And sometimes that happens. But when we're talking about relationships, we're talking about marriage, especially mm-hmm. when betrayal happens. That's what we're talking about. I want to give that fine definition of this, right. you know, or you're courting, you're dating, whatever the case may be. And the other person does something that could fail the trust or be, be betrayal to the trust, mm-hmm. you know. There are those moments. So what I'm saying is that there are significant importance of trust in building relationships. However, there will be times where trust will be challenged. There will be times because we're human that we might drop an area of trust. And there are different degrees of trust. So we must learn how to discern who we trust, how we trust, and how to repair Mm -hmm. if there is a certain moment when that betrayal or that loss of trust occurs. And so I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 13 as our context. And then we're going to pray. I'll give you the title. We'll pray in. And then we'll kind of break it down from there. And I want to give a big shout out to Dr. Henry Cloud. Because um, he's a gentleman that does a lot of work in the business community, but he also does a lot of stuff in the ministry. And in a recent workshop I was doing with one of my uh, peers, um, what he shared was wisdom that I've just kept in my heart throughout the week to say, I need to share this with somebody out there who might be facing betrayal, distrust, feel like I can't trust my spouse. I can't trust my significant other. They did this. They did that. Whatever the case may be. Uh, so First Samuel chapter 25, verse 3. You want to read? Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, this man's name was Nabal. Mm-hmm. He was from Caleb's family. Nabal's wife was named Abigail. She was a wise and beautiful woman, but Nabal was a mean and cruel man. David was in the desert when he heard that Nabal was cutting the wool from his sheep. Verse 5, David sent 10 young men to talk to Nabal. He told him, go to Carmel, find Nabal and tell him hello for me. David gave them this message from Nabal, for Nabal. May you and your family be well and all that you own be well. I heard that you are cutting wool for your sheep. Your sheep were with us for a while and we did nothing wrong to them. We never took anything from your sheep's while they were at Camo. Ask your servants and they will tell you this is true. Please be kind to my young men. We come to you now at this happy time. Please give these young men anything you can. Please do this for me, your friend David. David's men went to Nabal. They gave his message to Nabal. But Nabal said, who's David? Who is this son of Jesse? There are many slaves who have run away from these masters these days. I have bread and water and I have the meat. 
I killed for my servants who cut the wool for my from my sheep, but I won't give them to men I don't even know. David's men went back and told him everything that Nabal had said. David David's response was, put on your swords. So David and his men put on their swords. About 400 men went with, went with David while 200 of them stayed with the supplies. So tonight's message is going to probably end up being like a two-part series because I thought of it as the title in one direction. And then God revealed to me it's a two-way. And then this today, this morning, he kind of said, no, actually, it's a three-way street. So tonight, uh, today's title is Trust is a Three-Way Street. Hmm. And so, and we're going to focus this on men and women tonight. Um, and probably if the Lord allows me to next week, we're going to talk about that third way which ends up to be impacting man, woman, all around, and that is God. And so, without further ado, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message that we're about to share with you, uh, to your people. This is your word. So let your words flow through us so that we can encourage somebody there, especially those who might be losing trust in their significant other who might be have already lost trust in that person that they care about. And they're going through the emotions. They're going through what's going on. So we pray that we can comfort them, give them wisdom, give them guidance, give them direction. That's not by our wisdom or by our words, but through your Holy Spirit, through your word of God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as you can see with David, David is on the run. Him and his men are on the run from Saul. And what's happening here at this moment of time is that they're in a place where they're feeling kind of secure. And in the midst of being secure, they knew about Nabal and his land. They knew about the shepherds that would come through and fro with their sheep, with their other animals and things of that sort, and taking care of the land. And so what David did in the midst of it, while he was running away from Saul, who was trying to kill him, but he was also protecting the people around that. So basically the anointing is flowing on him. He's protecting everybody that's around in that area of the anointing. Okay. And so, in fact, it was in this area that they saw the shepherds. Now, David could have killed those shepherds. He could have took the land. He could have did whatever he wanted to do, but he knew he was under the anointing of God. And so therefore, that's why he sent the message as it was shared in verse seven. I heard that you were cutting wool for your sheep. Your shepherds were with us for a while and we did nothing wrong to them. We never took anything from your shepherds while they were at Camel. Okay, and he challenged the, he went to the husband. This message goes to the husband and he's asking Nabal, Nabal, you know, because I could have took advantage of this. I didn't. I have respect and trust in you. I had trust and respect in my heavenly father to, you know, protect and take care of your people. So hopefully you in return will do the same. 
and Nabal's response was a foolish response. Nabal knew who David was. You living in the area. <laughs> you know who he about to be King David one day. It's no coincidence of that. And you'll find out momentarily if you never read the story about Nabal and Abigail. You will find out shortly as we go through this that Abigail knew who David was. So yeah. it, it wouldn't, just like me and my wife, whatever happens, I'm going to find out because either my wife's going to share with me or I'm going to share something to my wife. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like out of the deja vu. I didn't know, you know, type stuff and situations. Mm -hmm. And so... Out of the kindness of David's heart, he's just asking, hey, can you provide some food, some supplies for my men, myself? You know, you give what you can. If you can't give all, it's okay. But whatever you give, it'll be a blessing. That's why they started off to say, may you and your family be well and all that you do be well. I think that's a beautiful statement from verse six that you should share anytime you mean somebody you know may you and your family be blessed may you all that you do be blessed you know it, it, it'll encourage people but what happens with david in this moment when his men come back and tells him that basically nabal just laughed at you <laughs> and just said forget you you know that long story short david got his men together, their swords together, and said, let's ride. And it wasn't going to be, let's ride, meet up with the guy, have a little conversation, mm -hmm. and then maybe we can reconcile this and then keep it moving. No, David's intent was that he was about to kill not just Nabal. Mm -hmm. He was going to kill the entire family and kill everybody that represented on that land. Mm -hmm. That was the challenge. What other words, what I'm saying is that David felt betrayed. He felt lost in the trust. And so with that being said, um, we got to remember that in the most important thing about relationships of that time is what happens when trust is broken? What do you do when the individual fails to guard or oversee the level of belief confidence, dependence, and faith you had in them. David had the belief and feeling that, hey, because I had done this, hopefully you will look into your heart and be willing to humble yourself and provide back. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that Nabal and his foolish spirit, and actually Nabal's name means fool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that should give you a clue right there what was going to come down. That he had bricks and fences and rocks and walls around his heart that only thought about him and him himself. That's all that Nabal thought about. Mm -hmm. So it could have been David. It could have been Saul. It could have been anybody in the Bible that came through and said, hey, can you help us out? And I believe Nabal would have still said the same reaction to every one of them. Because he felt like, hey, I did this. Yeah. I built this up. I made this happen. You know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. What you think about that? It just reminds me of uh, people. What mm. happens uh, over time? Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, it can be from childhood, mm -hmm. where disappointments from a parent, from a grandparent, from somebody that you trust, over time 
that person, you know, gets disappointed over and over again, promises are broken, and then they build this wall around their heart and it becomes stony and they don't let anybody in and they yes. don't trust anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably what the case was with Nabal. It was like, mm, you know, I'm not letting nobody get into this, you know, because you take from me and then I'll have nothing, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. But the beautiful thing about being married, especially when you're married to the right one, mm -hmm. is that you have a helpmate. Remember, we talked about that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis 2, chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 18. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version for this one. Now, the Lord God said, it is not good, which means sufficient, satisfactory, that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper mate, meaning suitable, adapted, complementary to him. See, God intended husbands and wives to be spiritual, functional unities, walking in integrity, serving God, and keeping his commandments together. When this harmony is operative, society prospers under God's hand. But when he lacks something, she supplies what he lacks. Saying vice versa. When she, where she lacks, he supplies the area that will complement her. That's how it's supposed to work. So what Nabal was supposed to do was really go back to his wife and said, hey, you wouldn't believe what happened today. I had these men coming up to me telling me that David was protecting the shepherds and our land and stuff. He said he could have came and took our land, which wouldn't have been true anyway. But anyway... <laughs> But just listen to this story, you know, and he's saying this and that and whatnot. And they want us to provide them supplies and food and things of that sort. That's what Nabal was opposed to do. Pillow talk. Have a pillow talk moment. Mm -hmm. Even if he sent them away, he still should have had that pillow talk moment. So that Abigail can kind of be like, like coincidentally, like we had this conversation just last night. She was telling me about a person who came to the house. They had a little thing here. Oh, yeah. And they said, hey, you know, we want to come inside. We want to complimentary. We're going to clean your carpets. We're just trying to promote our business and whatnot. And, you know, she could have kept that to herself, but she shared that with me. Mm -hmm. And she rearranged, you know, asked them if you can come back on another day. So I started asking questions. Did they provide a business card? Love told me. She said, well, they had something on a little plastic, you know, covering. They had their business information. I was like, but they didn't provide you a business card or that you take a picture. Maybe they had like a little, you know, technology to do. QR code. QR code, scan it on your phone, you know, you know, just to get the information in your hands and whatnot. Because unfortunately, there's some people out here who unfortunately are scammers. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the individual was, right. but I don't believe she was. But there's a possibility because mm -hmm. sometimes people are sent out to do certain things, check out the scenes, and then later on you looking like, "Where's my stuff?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say it, but it, we live in a different world today. We're not let, like back in the day where you can leave your door open and you know nobody's gonna walk in there and 
like that. And Not- that's why I don't I don't allow people in our home that we don't know unless my husband is here. That's that's the only time we kind of let someone in other than the our our regular housekeeper. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so that trust has got to be in there for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And so what in essence happened the walls of David's heart got built up. He built up bricks after brick after brick. How dare he? Don't you know I'm anointed to be the king? Yeah, I got a situation right now with Saul, but he laid brick after brick after brick. And I protected his shepherds. <laughs> and I protected, if I could physically put bricks, this is what I would be doing right now. And I, oh, oh no. Get the swords. We about to go to war and take this land and kill everything that we see. That was David's heart. And it was going to impact everyone, you know. But we, let's keep reading. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 25, verse 14. Okay? 25, verse 14. We'll take it. One of Nabal's servants spoke to Nabal's wife, Abigail. The servant said, David sent messengers from the desert to meet our master. But Nabal was rude to them. These men were very good to us while we were out in the fields with the sheep. David's men were with us the whole time, and they never did anything wrong to us. They did not take anything from us. His men protected us night and day. They were like a wall around us. They protected us while we were with them, caring for the sheep. Nabal was foolish to say what he did. Terrible trouble is coming to our master and all his family. You need to think of something to do. Abigail quickly gathered up 200 loaves of bread, two full wine bags, five cooked sheep, and a bushel of cooked grain, about two quarts of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs. She put them on donkeys. Then Abigail told her servants, go on, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband. So you'll find a lot of times there are certain pastors and leaders kind of look at that statement, but she did not tell her husband and kind of be like, why didn't she talk to her husband at that time? And I can only go from my interpretation of what God revealed to me mm-hmm. that I think Abigail's been in this relationship so long. She knows how the conversation is going to go. go. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that later. There are three types of people. And I think she knew which person she was going to get, Mm -hmm. which would have delayed the opportunity of what she's about to do and why it was critically important. Basically, in essence, she's trying to save the family. Right. She's trying to save not her butt. She's not trying to save the people who work in the servant. Right. She's saving everybody in the process of it. Because I believe that Abigail had a... uh, a connection with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which we will call now in the New Testament time. But she had a connection with God mm-hmm. in a way of knowing God and knowing and understanding that what that meant. And in the understanding of that, she realized that when you had the opportunity of someone of God's presence come into your pathway, right. you want to humble yourself and provide because right. they're going to bring blessings to you. And that's what they've been doing. That's what the servant was saying. Mm-hmm. They could have took advantage of us. They could have killed us. They could have took. They could have had advantage with us. They could have just not protect us at night, which tells us. I, and I'm just inferring there may have been some instances 
that happened at night when they were taking care of sheep, whatever the case may be, whether those foxes are around in the area or whether it was other people coming through, stealing sheep and whatnot. Mm -hmm. They were doing everything that they didn't even have to do. Because remember, David's running away from Saul. He's not having time to be like, oh, while I'm here, let me protect you in this land and stuff. Right. So once Abigail heard this, she didn't just "Mm, let me think about it. Abigail quickly. She took action. She took action. Proverbs 31 verse 11 from the message version. Proverbs 31 11. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has a reason to regret it. Husbands, when you have a great wife, you will trust her without reserve. Because there's no reason to regret it. You know that she's got your back. You know that whatever happens, even if I had a moment of a foolish thought, I trust my wife because I know she's going to correct me and settle the situation up. You know, whether I agree with it or not, at the end, I'm going to trust her judgment. And it works the other way around because as wives, when you can trust your husband without Mm -hmm. reserve, Mm -hmm. you have no reason to regret it either. Right. See... You got to rely on her prudence and skill. His confidence in her has to be complete. In other words, your confidence in your wife has to be complete. You have to trust her. You have to have careful house. You know, I mean, this is the blessing that what she brings. She brings household management, (laughs) which enhances the family's wealth. Um, The husband is not lacking anything of value by way of household goods. Got words of encouragement for a young man. Um, and this is what this whole verse is. What 3111 is, is for our young men. It's really encouraging them. You want to find a wife. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. That's in scripture. And what it, in essence is when you find that good wife, that great wife that you could trust without no reservation whatsoever, you know that you're going to be blessed. In the process because she's got your not only got your back but she's able to bring things out of you that's going to provide wealth for your family not just physically bring out wealth of like a baby and family but she's going to be able to birth out ideas out of you she's going to birth out wisdom and knowledge out of you she's going to be able to encourage you and and comfort you in those times of needs that's what Proverbs 31 verse 11 is all about. It's a message to us as husbands and those who are dating and courting. You want to find someone who's going to, you can truly trust without reserve and encourage. And that's what I have. I could trust her. God has blessed her with wisdom and knowledge. I'm not saying that at the beginning of our relationship that it was like I could trust it completely because I had to work on me and realize that I, even though I'm the head of the household, she has wisdom more than I do. And I have to trust and depend on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understood what you're saying, though. Yeah. You know, in, in your mind, you're like, what? You didn't. But 
you had to you had to learn how to trust me just like I had to and learn how to trust, trust you. you. Right. You know, it's two basically two imperfect people coming together, learning how to trust one another with their thoughts, their ideas, mm. with um with their heart. With their heart. Yeah. yeah. Because when you do find that right person that does all of that, and I'm, I'm talking to husbands tonight, because a lot of times when we get these situations happen, the husband has done something. And then when we kind of go back and kind of have these conversations with husbands, they kind of think and they realize, wow, I did have a good thing. And it's like, yeah, you did. You know, because if God brought you together, then there was a purpose and a reason for it. So Proverbs 12, verse 4 from the Amplify verse, it says, A virtuous and worthy wife, earnest and strong in character, is a crowning joy to her husband. But she who makes him ashamed is as rotten, rottenest in his bones. So we have to be wise. We need you to be the virtuous, worthy individual that you are, that God has blessed you with. Mm -hmm. You bring strong character to us. You bring earnesty to us. You bring joy to us and everything, you know. But at the same time, if you are doing something that's not trustworthy, mm -hmm. it can be rotten to our bones. You know, it can mess not only you, it'll mess us up. Mm -hmm. The family. The family, mm -hmm. and, you know. And so that's why we emphasize this, you know, that a wife of a noble character is like a crown on her husband's head. Mm -hmm. That is her strength of character makes her husband proud and honored. She adds dignity to him. Mm -hmm. Conversely, a disgraceful wife decays his bones. Mm -hmm. Her shame gives him inner pain. And so when we talking about this betrayal or this uh, fail of trust, that's what we're talking about. It, it impacts both parties. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And see, a wife who is prudent, prudent and looks well to the ways of her household, who makes conscious of her duty, can bear crosses. Such a one is an honor and a comfort to her husband. She that is reserved on this preys upon him and consumes him. So what was Abigail? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was a virtuous wife. Yeah. She was of noble character. And somebody taught her how to be that way and taught her God to know exactly what to do mm -hmm. when these moments came. Mm -hmm. That's why she didn't go to her husband because she knew I know of my husband. I know how he is. And as much as I hate to go behind his back, I know if I try to talk to him, he's going to foolishly try to stop me from doing something that's going to end all of our lives. I have to step in. I have to take care of this. So let's see what happens as a result of this. All right. First Samuel. Um, chapter 25, verse 20. First Samuel chapter 25, we'll read 20 to 22. All right. Abigail rode her donkey down to the other side of the mountain. She met David and his men coming from the other direction. David was saying, I protected Nabal's property in the desert. I made sure not one of his sheep was missing. I did all that for nothing. I was good to him, but he was rude to me. I swear I won't let even one man in Nabal's family 
live until tomorrow morning. I think he was talking this to everybody, but really he was talking out loud because he was angry. He was mad. He was mad. Oh, I think this, this fool here. <laughs> That's not what you want to say. I know. I didn't want to. <laughs> but, you know, you use your sweet words, what y'all, you know, he <laughs> sometimes use. <laughs> just did this and that and I did it oh no that's it I'm tired of this he got to go and he not only him but all the men everybody everybody gotta go sorry everybody gotta go see when there's betrayal or fail and this is from Dr. Henry Cloud uh, who writes, writes a lot of books to help businesses and marriages and relationships to prosper when there's hurt and pain in the midst of it, he said betrayal um, or fail, it could still be a bad thing, but it can be redeemed. Mm -hmm. Yes, the betrayal is bad. What they did to fail our trust in them is bad, but it can be redeemed and it, it can and it can be repaired, but it takes a process. Yeah. Yeah. See, Matthew's chapter 18, verses 15 to 17, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Verse. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 to 17 says, If your brother wrongs you, go and show him his fault between you and him privately. Mm -hmm. she, Abigail will do this. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the conclusion of what happened with that. If he listens to you, you have won back your brother. But if he does not listen, take along with you one or two others so that every word may be confirmed and upheld by the testimony of two to three witnesses. If he pays no attention to them, refuses to listen and obey, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a pagan or a tax collector. Basically, what was happening is, long story short, Abigail was going to come and intervene on the behalf of the family, uh, Nabal in particular, to David. Prayfully that if he listens, we would have won his back. Okay. If he didn't listen, then Abigail probably knew the, the way things work. She would have been able to get other witnesses. Wise elders usually are the case. And bring two of them together so they can have a, you know, negotiations to try to work this out. Mm -hmm. If David didn't, still didn't listen to this, then they would have went to the church, which in the case would have went to God. And if David didn't listen, see, then David, that would have been on David. Right. And he would have to suffer the consequences of his actions. See, part of the process when we have been betrayed or failed in a relationship in this essence of trust, the healing has to begin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this was the first thing that Dr. Henry Cloud shared when I was working with my colleague about this. Is that healing, you got to heal before you are ready to deal with the issue. So you got to heal the wound. You got to go through the grief process. You got to get help and support. Mm -hmm. See, Proverbs 15, verses 22 from um, the Passion Translation says, your plans will fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get good advice. 
But if you seek out multiple counselors, you'll watch your plans succeed. Mm -hmm. And Matthew 7, verse 3 to 5 from the Passion Translation reminds us about um, the importance of taking care of yourself. Why would you focus on the flaws in someone else's life and fail to notice the glaring flaws of your own? Mm -hmm. How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you're wrong, where you're guilty or even wrong more? You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First acknowledge and deal with your own blind spots. And then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spots of your friends. Mm -hmm. So what was supposed to happen was David was supposed to go through this moment of grieving from this process of being denied. He didn't. Mm -hmm. And so now, what's happening now, Abigail's about to come in. She's going to be that support, that counsel for, on behalf of the Lord, to David. Right. To get him clarified what he's about to do is wrong. Right. So in other words, there was something in David that God needed to work out. Because he knew that if David took that with him to become the king, it wasn't going to be good. Mm-mm. So... What happened was, in other words, was step two that Def, um, Mr. Cloud, Dr. Cloud talked to us about was that getting past the anger. Mm-hmm. You got to let the anger come out. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing that in those verses from verse Samuel 25, 20 to 22. He's letting that anger out. I did this. I protected his land. I made sure nothing would happen to the sheep. Nothing happened to the people. And all I get, nothing. I was good to him. I was good to his people. <laughs> he rude to me. Oh, no. I'm done. That's him pouring out his anger. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Matthew 18, verse 21 to 22 from the Amplified Version says, Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him and mm-hmm. let it go? Mm-hmm. As many times up to seven times. Jesus answered him, I tell you, not up to seven times, but 70 70 times times seven. seven. So as my heavenly father will deal with every one of you, if you do not freely forgive your brother from your heart, his offenses. See, the piece of the process is once you get to the anger, you got to forgive. Dr. Cloud talks about this. He says forgiveness is the past. You want to let go of the person and forgive them for the past mistakes they have made. That does not mean that you are opening your heart and you are bringing that person in. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because what you're going to have to try to do is realize this. Forgiveness is free. It's the past. Trust is not free. That's the future. Because we got to rebuild the trust. So let's just break it down into relationship matters. In many cases, the reason why marriages have these challenges is to find out there's a betrayal. And unfortunately, in a lot of those situations, somebody has either physically, emotionally, or mentally been into someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Either they physically got together with someone else. Mm-hmm. They are emotionally giving themselves out 
social media, texting, talking, flirting, or mentally, my spouse is not really listening to me. I got these great ideas. I want to do this. I want to do that. They're not going to come out of me. But I'm at work and there's this secretary or this colleague that's really taking time to listen to me, hearing my thoughts and my ideas. They're supporting me. They're encouraging me. Da 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 da. And something happens. And it's got back to the significant other, the mm -hmm. spouse. Mm -hmm. Now there's a betrayal. Mm -hmm. There's a failure of trust. The individual finds out. They're upset. They're mad. They're yelling, screaming, throwing stuff, whatever the case may be. The other person realizes, oh man, I made a mistake. I hurt this person. And that's where that individual who got hurt has to go through the grieving process. Mm -hmm. Because they have to work on them. The other spouse is thinking like, you know, I made this mistake. I said to you, I'm sorry. Let's move forward from this. You no. Can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. I'm I'm not gonna say you can't do it. You I, can do it, but it's gonna take, it time, take time. Because the individual is hurt, gotta go through the grieving process and, and you can't you can't rush that person. I it just reminds me of people, you know, people that we've talked to, couples we've talked to, um, like, Oh, well I said I was sorry. Okay, you said you were sorry, but that person was the one that was hurt. They're the ones that's got to work through, like love says, go through the grieving process. Just because you said you were sorry, mm -hmm. you repent and you turned around. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. But you have to allow the other person to go through the process to, to be healed, to be able to learn how to trust you again after the betrayal has happened. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, oh, well, she she didn't for, she hasn't forgiven me or he hasn't forgiven me or he keeps bringing it up or she keeps mm -hmm. bringing it up. Mm -hmm. That's because the healing hasn't, hasn't hasn't taken place and it has to it takes time. That's when we were talking about things take time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's why I said, well, unlike a child, you know, they get over and move forward mm -hmm. and whatnot, mm -hmm. you know, because they their heart. Remember, God talked about that. The children's heart is almost close to heaven, you know, yeah. and that's how God wants us to be in that right. moment, to have that forgiving heart. And he's not saying forget, you know, because there's some work that needs to be done right. to show trust. Right. Because remember, I said trust is not free. That's a future, you know. So in other words. That person hurting you, they cheated on you. Or that person lied to you. We had all this money in this savings account. You took the money out and you did what? Now we are trying to figure out if we're going to live in our house, if we're going to have a car the next day. That's betrayal. Mm -hmm. They got to go through that grieving process because their world has now changed. But in the midst of that process, hopefully God will work with them with the wise counsels mm -hmm. and the support that they have to help them to go through that grieving process to get to the point to say, now I can forgive you. You can say, like love said, as many sorries as you can until that individual has gone through the grieving process to get to the point to be able to say, I forgive you. Because I realize that once I forgive you, I let go of that past. Because when 
you don't forgive, you carry the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. Now you're going into your new relationship thinking, oh, it's a happy day. I'm not dealing with that individual. I'm not dealing with this situation. And I'm going, because a lot of people do this when they get they like divorced and stuff like that. Oh, I'll go to the next person and da, 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 da. Not realizing they're carrying, still carrying the hurt, the pain. And sometimes that kind of comes into the new relationship. And yeah. now the new spouse is looking at you like, what? No, I wasn't going to do that. Why are you thinking that way? Right. Because of the past. They haven't given it all up to God. And so people ha that have forgive have the greatest level of mental health. Mm -hmm. Their anxiety goes down. This is not us. This is from Dr. Cloud from his research that mental health Greatest level of mental health, anxiety goes down, blood pressure, cholesterol has gone down. They're not carrying baggages, stress. Mm -hmm. uh, they're able to judge correctly, to discern correctly who I can trust and who, no, you're not trustworthy. I, I have to put a boundary on a certain limit mm -hmm. with you and everything. Mm -hmm. This is not to deny the anger that David was feeling, but he had to let it bleed out. Otherwise, he won't repair. Right. And that's why you heard in those three verses him having a griping moment. It was his way of getting that anger out. Right. What I'm saying to those individuals who've had that betrayal and had that distrust happen to you, you're going to have to let that anger out. But you need to let it out in an area where you go around wise counsel. Whether that's a therapist, whether that is going to your local church with um, the uh the leaders or e-group or whatever case may be that can help guide you through that process. Um, professional counseling or a wise individual that is connected with the Lord and knows how to guide you through that process. You're going to have to have it. You can't walk through this by yourself. Mm -hmm. You ain't going to be able to fix yourself. You got to have the right wise counsel around you to help you go through and let out that anger. And pouring it all out so that God can pour into you his wisdom, his healing, his grace, his connections, teaching you how to forgive. And so the third part that Dr. Cloud talked about when it was come healing before you are ready. You got to heal the wound, getting past the anger and facing forgiveness is to take time to ponder on what you want. Now, of course, David what he wanted was revenge because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the reality is the other person may want to move forward that's what we were talking about oh I apologize let's move yeah. forward but that might not be the case right. for the other person right. they gotta figure out what they want mm -hmm. and they might set some some stimulation um, some expectations yep. some boundaries some boundaries and they might say, hey, I'm willing to let down my wall if you do this, this, and this. There's some people who have some addictions that is so damaging to the family and to the relationship. They don't realize it's hurting their spouse. So someone who is an alcoholic, for example, they might set up a boundary to say, you need to go to AA. And you need to show me that you're going consistently. Mm -hmm. They may say, I'm willing to make this work, 
but you need to go see someone about that pornography. This makes no sense that every device you have has these pictures and stuff like that. Now you've gone to a level where you're going to places and getting something that I sacrificed my life of marrying you <laughs> that you can came home and get. Being real. Mm -hmm. You got a gambling problem. I got to figure out how we can stay here. You need to go get counseling for that. Because mm -hmm. that is about to ruin where we live. And how we get to work. And how we get out to events and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I got to find ways to now pay your debts. <laughs> you know. That is what we mean by take time to ponder on what the individual wants. Mm -hmm. So David's coming with this motion like, I'm about to come and get revenge. But watch what Abigail does. Because Abigail is going to be the one that's going to be the counselor that intervenes. And when you are intervening, you got to figure out who you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you're going to get to a place where you're going to have to figure out when you're work through those three processes, who are you dealing with to... You can still forgive them. That that remember, forgiveness is free. But you want to work on reconciliation for anybody for you. So who am I dealing with? Am I dealing with a wise individual? Mm -hmm. This is what Abigail is going on about the encounter. Am I dealing with a wise individual of David who's going to be grateful and better because of it? Which means that it could be reconciled. We've seen marriages that were reconciled, mm -hmm. that prosper and still prospering despite the, the betrayal. Whether it was somebody saying, I'm getting a divorce. Why are you getting a divorce? No matter. I'm getting a divorce. And the night before, changing around and saying, No, I, I seen from God's eyes, I was wrong. I was foolish. And their marriage is prospering. We've seen where there have been people who have cheated. And they worked through the process and everything. And they were able to learn the errors of their ways. Mm -hmm. And got wise counsel. And now they're being better. That's someone who's wise. See, Proverbs 12, verse 15 to 16 says, Fools always think their own way is best. But wise people listen to what others tell them. Fools can easily get upset. But wise people avoid insulting others. Mm -hmm. So is Abigail about to meet David, who's wise? Is Abigail about to meet David, who's foolish, <laughs> who's a mocker, mm -hmm. who can insult you? Because in the end, if you talk to a fool, you're not going to win. Remember what we said about she wasn't going to talk to her husband. Because she knew her husband, his name was Nabal, mm -hmm. fool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not going to win. And Proverbs 26 verses 4 through 8 tells us this. This is from the uh, easy to read version. It says, there is no good way to answer fools when they say something stupid. <laughs> if you answer them, then you too will look like a fool. If you don't answer them, then they will look like they're smart. Never let a fool carry your message. If you do, it will be like cutting your own feet. 
You are asking for trouble. A fool trying to say something wise is like a crippled person trying to walk. Showing honor to a fool is as bad as trying to uh, tying a rock in a sling. <laughs> what what that scripture is just basically saying, in a long story short, is that you can talk to them to the days on end. Mm-hmm. Their pride and their um, blind spot is so huge, they're gonna end up causing more harm to you than good. So is Abigail about to meet up with a fool spirit, or is Abigail about to meet up with an evil spirit? which can be very narcissistic and they're threatened to hurt or protect you. Do not engage. It seems like David's that way because he's about to take everybody out. Mm -hmm. So Proverbs 26, verse 23 to 26 from the message verses warns us. Smooth talk from an evil heart is like a glaze on a cracked pottery. Your enemy shakes hands and greets you like an old friend, all the while plotting against you. When he speaks warmly to you, you do not believe him for a minute. Minute. He'll just wait. He's just waiting for the chance to rip you off. Mm. No matter how truly he conceals his malice, eventually his evil will be exposed to the public. So let's see what happens with Abigail as we conclude this. We're going to read 1 Samuel 25 verses 23 to 35. Just then Abigail arrived. When she saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down with her face to the ground in front of him. Excuse me. Abigail fell at his feet and said, Sir, please let me talk to you. Listen to what I say. Blame me for what happened. I didn't see the men you sent. Sir, don't pay any attention to that worthless man, Nabal. Oh, wow. His name means foolish, and that is what he is. The Lord has kept you from killing innocent people. As surely as the Lord lives and as surely as the Lord lives and you as well, may your enemies and anyone else who wants to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. Now I'm bringing this gift to you. Please give these things to your men. Please forgive me for doing wrong. I know the Lord will make your family strong because you fight his battles. People will never find anything bad about you as long as you live. If someone chases you to kill you, the Lord, your God, will save your life. But he will throw away your enemies like a stone from a sling. The Lord promised to do many good things for you, and he will keep his promises. He will make you leader over Israel. So don't do anything that might make you guilty of killing innocent people. Please don't fall into that trap. Please remember me when the Lord blesses you. David answered Abigail. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Praise God for sending you to meet me. God bless you for your good judgment. You kept me from killing innocent people today. As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, if you hadn't come quickly to meet me, not one man in Nabal's family would have lived until tomorrow morning. But the Lord prevented me from hurting you. Then David accepted Abigail's gifts. He told her, go home in peace. I have listened to your request, and I will do what you ask. Mm. So which one was it, wise, foolish, or evil? That was, God was, uh, David was after God's own heart, right? Mm -hmm. So he knew wisdom when it was poured to him. And so he was wise enough to receive it and Mm -hmm. realize what his error was. If you remember back in, in the Bible, there was another person uh, 
who did something. And unfortunately, he did kill someone innocently. You know who that was? Moses. Mm-hmm. Remember, Moses killed someone. And some and one of the people caught him on it. Aren't you the one that just killed someone down a, a few while ago? And what happened with Moses? He ran away, right? For 40 years. Mm-hmm. So look at where David in this moment is. He realizes that I praise God for you because your good judgment, you kept me from killing innocent people today. It would have blocked him from being able to step into the kingship of where God had blessed him for. God could have put somebody else in place of David at that moment. God could have removed the anointing from David and gave it to someone else. But because of Abigail's quick actions, she was able to provide wise counsel for him. And as a result, he changed. Now let's connect it to relationships today. We pray that the betrayal that has happened, someone will be able to speak to that individual and give them wise counsel, and they will be wise enough to hear the understandings of that counseling. Okay. But sometimes when you have been hurt and betrayed and you've finally gone through the process and you have healed to now forgive this person, you got to find out with this other person, who are you dealing with? Are they wise enough to know that they made a mistake? And are they willing to listen to work it out? Okay. Or are they a fool? They still blaming you. They still blaming the circumstances, the situation, whatever the case may be. They'll point and direct at every direction, but they're not pointing at them and taking accountability for their own actions. And if, or is it a person who is evil that unfortunately that they're threatening to hurt you in the process. Mm -hmm. And our advice to you is if it's someone that is able to say things to you that makes you feel uncomfortable, then you got to protect yourself. Whether that means you get an attorney, or we can't talk no more. Our attorneys will talk from here on out. You know, if whether that's a restraining order, because I'm sad to say it does happen. There are individuals who unfortunately mm-hmm. have this narcissistic mentality and think if I can't have you, no one can. I will do everything to hurt you. That's not a God. <laughs> That's an evil spirit. And so when you build a trust with someone and they break your trust, what do you do? You got to prepare to. You got to prepare to repair. You got to heal you. You got to take care of you. You got to heal those wounds. You got to go through the grief process. Regardless of what the other person feels, you hurt. You got to let that anger pour out. You got to find wise counsel of people to help you and support you along that way. And you got to be able to get to a place where you can forgive that person because you want to forgive them from the past what they cause you Mm -hmm. because God's got something beautiful in your future but he can't trust it to you if you're still holding on to the past Mm -hmm. and so that's the process that you're going to have to do and when you have that opportunity if that person is on this earth and still alive 
You go to them, you forgive them, you talk to them and forgive them. And you got to find out who you're dealing with because you might end up at the end of the day. I forgive you for doing this. And you might be talking to a foolish spirit. It's okay what they say. You've done your part. You've forgiven them. Walk away. If it's an evil spirit, you know, probably it's not the best. I might have some lawyer or somebody send a note to you and just tell you, I forgive you for your actions and your mistakes. But at this point, these walls are the boundaries are up and I cannot be in a safe place with you because I don't feel safe myself to be around you. Hopefully, it'll be a wise individual who learns the errors of their ways and will try to reconcile the circumstances. We've seen this before. Sometimes it does happen after whatever that reconciliation is. You see sometimes where people who have children, they'll coexist for the children, for the children's sake. But that don't mean they're getting back together. That's because they negotiated it and they realized we're in the best instance. We got kids. We'll take care of them. But as far as us, no. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where it has worked, where we have children, we have this, we have that. If you do this, 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 and this, and you show me you're consistent with this, we'll work it out. So, long story short with this message, and hopefully it wasn't one of those, it feels like a heavy message in essence. Mm-hmm. But it is. It's, it, you know, <laughs> this is the people who are coming to the church who are joining marriage groups. They're going through crisis because situations like this. There's been a trust broken somewhere. Now, the question is, what do you do about the trust? How do you regain that trust? How do you build that trust? From that other person who betrayed them, you're going to have to give them time and let God work with them and through them. You got to give them grace and you're going to have to start working on yourself. On the other side, the other person, they got to walk through the grieving process. They got to work through the process of letting all that anger and frustration out through the right counsel and everything and learn how to forgive and then set the stipulation on how they're going to move forward. Some people who've been betrayed feel like I should have a say in that. No, you don't. You made an action that was wrong. (laughs) The person that has been victimized. Right. This is their... They get to say what they want. And you're going to have to be open. Remember, we talked about that. Open with your ears and listen and be respectful as they share with you what they do. So maybe you're that person tonight that has betrayed someone. You cheated on them. You did something behind their back and you're not honest with them what you did. Or maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're that individual who is the victim. You have found out and they have said something or did something or continually doing something and it's making you feel you lost your trust in them. Well, there's someone who will always be there to trust you. You can always trust that's God. He's always there. And he's always truthful and honest and loving and caring and compassionate. So my ass loves to pray us in on this one. I know she looked at me like, what? <laughs> yeah, because it was right now. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord. Just thank you once again for this uh, time of fellowship, Father. Thank you for allowing us to be able to come to you, Lord, and trust you. If we can't trust anybody else, we know that we can always come to you and trust you with our hearts, with our mind, with our emotions, Lord, and that there's no judgment when it comes to you, Father. We pray, Lord, for those that um, have portrayed someone, Lord, and they're they're hurting now because they're they're wanting forgiveness, but first they need to come to you and repent to you and get forgiveness from you, Father. We also pray, Lord, for those that are the victims, those that have been portrayed upon, Lord God. Open their hearts, Lord, uh, so that they can begin the healing process with you, Father. And so that they are not harboring hurt and pain and bitterness um, that they that can easily pour into another relationship or into someone else, Lord. We ask that you continue to watch over all of us, protect us, love on us. Lord, give us the peace that passes understanding, Lord. We pray for those that are in need of this breakthrough of trust in their relationships, Lord. We pray for those that need the mending, Father, in their relationships. We pray, Lord God, for those that um, are going through hardship and through financial, financial situations, Lord God, or um, there's blended family issues, Lord God, or there's issues uh, with uh, an in-law or a sibling, or we ask that you mend those relationships right now, Father. We ask that you go and touch those that are sick, Lord God, and heal the brokenhearted, Father, those that are grieving, that are going through loss of a loved one, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We adore you. We give you glory, honor, and praise for all that you do and for all that you're about to do, Lord God, because you're omnipotent. You see the beginning to the end, Father, and we thank you in advance for the victory, Lord, for the relationships that will be healed. It's in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. And Heavenly Father, if there's anybody out there tonight that is, or today, that doesn't know you or needs to rep um, repair their heart back to you and need to come back and recommit their life to you, just say these words after us, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my mistakes. Forgive me for my mistakes. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I seek your wisdom. I seek your wisdom. And your guidance. And your guidance. As I build a better relationship. As I build a better relationship. With you. With you. And the people you have blessed us with. And the people that you have blessed us with. It is in Jesus' name we pray. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Joining us on Stronger Together, Closer to God podcast. Please continue to join us weekly as we share godly wisdom and advice to you. If you have any prayer requests or would like to sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with us, drop us a line at s2c2gpodcast at gmail.com. 
And if you like what you're hearing, feel free to partner with us by clicking on the Partners tab on the website. The more you give, the more we can spread the word and help us to reach our vision of bringing one million married couples stronger together, closer to God. Feel free to check us out on our website at s2c2gministry.com. Until next time, peace and blessings to all of you.